Hello, and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trumbull from the Executive Pill. And today, you guessed it, today is a good day. Today, I have an, an individual who not only specializes, in, again, we'll talk about his resume in a second, but um, I honestly just loved the conversation I had with him. I loved his, his way of thinking. And, and that's why I wanted to bring him on. So uh, today's guest is Mr. Lawrence Aja. Um, he is an author. He's a spiritual advisor, a host, a community builder, and relationship thought leader who has been on a mission to help high-achieving professionals and communities establish and strengthen their most important relationships, be it God, people, or with themselves. Um, he's widely known for his work around the issues of loneliness in a digital age, which we're definitely going to talk about, and then also founding and leading the movement of Our Family Dinner which has reached nearly 50,000 young adults across nearly 40 cities around the world for over a decade now. With no further ado, my good friend, if I can call him that, Mr. Lawrence, how you doing, kind sir? Alex, man, I'm grateful to be with you. Thank you for welcoming me. And uh, thanks. apparently somebody sent you a wire for that introduction. So thank you. <laughs> the as Kyle said, the wire hit, the wire cleared. So I'm thankful. Thankful to be with you, brother. Well, well, they didn't, but if you, I, I can provide you my account number and you can definitely do that. I, I take donations. Let me, let me let everyone know that right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother, where, where, where did we meet again? I remember I remember you and I were both um, hired to speak at a conference. I, feel, I couldn't remember the conference. Yeah, yeah. man, right, Rising Tide Capital. They had a conference oh, on our community gracious. and uh, belonging. Shout out to the team there and, and, and Chris and Alpha and all and, and them. And, um, you know, happened to be in the conversation, really trying to get to the nitty gritty around how we could build, uh, you know, communities and really strengthen communities, especially in these times, man. And so we we had a good time. It was grateful because you moderated and you were Ginsu. <laughs> you were Ginsu about the moderation. And so uh, we we had we started our laughter then. Man, um, can, really, we'll get into this. But, you know, Joy, right? Joy Nicole, is that, is that how you got connected with the conference? Uh, no, it's actually Chris Breitenberg. So oh. uh, Chris, it, it was this through Chris and, and the team there, uh, you know, happy to meet them in the community and uh, of leaders in Jersey City. Shout out to Jersey City, uh, <laughs> the w w amazing city. And, uh, you know, I saw the work that they were doing, which I thought was tremendous. Actually had dinner, all had dinner together. And that's how I was introduced to them about two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah, big ups to Jersey City um, by big ups. I know he means um, fist pumping. Um... <laughs> <laughs> hey. Look, the, the, the question I, I want to kick us off with is you, you've talked about community. You've talked about relationship. Um, and the people listening to this, this, this podcast, this interview, um, generally, they're, they're high performing. They, they, they are people who, who are, who are achi achieving greatness and have um, a desire, a burning need to achieve more, not only to help themselves, but also to help their families and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But you started off with saying community, especially in these times. Um, my question is, you know, 
is it is it important to still have a local community? And when I say local community, like, like that, you know, we, you and I talked about, you know, the, the guy at the, the local grocery store, right? Or a lot, the, the woman at the local bodega, like having a relationship with those people who are in your proximity. Does that even matter given today's digital space where you can, you don't have to leave your house. You can just order from Amazon. You can, you mm. can Uber eat it. You can, you can Grubhub it. Does community actually matter? Mm. I think this is a, it's a tremendous question. And so I'm going to take the, these times and I'm going to take the, of all time, right? So all time means that, you know, no matter what times that we live in, what do, what are we learning or what have we observed about human society over time? And I, I kind of will give a, you know, a story, you know, um, unfortunately my, uh, last year, one of my family members had a, a incredible health scare. Um, and by the grace of God, they survived. And I remember this is COVID as everybody kind of understands. And so it, this is kind of like near the tail. I can't even say tail end anymore, <laughs> but you know, we, you're able to have visitors at the hospital and she was in the hospital about two and a half, three weeks. And I remember going to the hospital every single day. And I remember passing by rooms where there were no visitors at all. There were times when maybe the nurse would hold up a phone or there was maybe one family member. And it was just like the energy within the rooms where there were people actually physically there and versus the vibe and the energy, even from the staff doing their best to care for them. It was just a very deafening feeling. And, you know, I think in some part, there's a view that there's something about proximity as humans that we need to survive. Babies die for lack of touch, how much more human being, human adult. And so I think no matter what time that we live in, I think we've observed, and I think we see in our own lives, there's something when people actually show up um, but I think, too, to, to your point, I think it is great that we've been able to flatten the world, so to speak, and be able to connect with people all over the world. But I, when, when things hit the fan, typically, and, and I know these are sometimes extremes, when you have a housewarming, you don't want to have a, a Zoom <laughs> for your housewarming. <laughs> you, you want people in your house, right? <laughs> At your wedding, I, I, I appreciate you, you, know, you hitting up the registry, but goodness, I want to hear the claps in person. I want I to yeah. be there with that person in time. And, and I think similarly, as you're kind of doing life and living, whether you're like, man, who's going to watch my kids or goodness, it's good to be around people. I think we recognize the importance of proximity while also appreciating the beauty of being able to connect with people all over the world. And so when I say in these times, I think one of the things of having a fragmented society where now, you know, we've uplifted the individual, everybody's having so much different experiences that somehow you, you lose sight of what connects us. And because of, I think, the public uh, health challenge and scare, however you would want to call it, everyone has somewhat of a shared experience. And so now everybody's coming through to say, oh, wow, I, I, I took for granted. Uh, you know what? Have you ever, if anybody's ever played basketball growing up and, you know, like play basketball, I love basketball. Shout out to women's basketball, UConn, all that. And shout out to, the, uh, <laughs> to Las Vegas. Um, the, when you ever jam your finger, that entire time, it's like you're singing like Casey and Jojo, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't appreciate the time when my fingers were normal. <laughs> like, you take for granted the common things that you're like, oh, my gosh. You're like, you're like, it's the worst feeling in the world or stubbing your toe against the side of the, the bed, that corner yeah. bed everybody knows about. Yeah, I think it was that moment that everybody understood, like just going outside, going, being able to go to Target, though, they should be a sponsor. Um, I'm not going to say them again. Going to any supermarket. <laughs> You take for granted. And so I think collectively we realize, like, man, I appreciate being able to see people locally. I appreciate people being able to, uh, to gather in my house without having to account for how many people are there. I, I appreciate um, those things. And so 
Um, I, I've realized that more and more, I, I thought I understood it. I think the past 10 years of just seeing human beings, particularly we, we talked, we started with the, the, the focus. Yeah. You have a population. I think everybody wants to make the most out of their life. Now I understand people, if you've ever been through hard times, you even have a struggle with even wanting to uh, engage life. So I, I hold that. But I think for many people who, whether you're first generation, you, you, you have dreams to make sure that you're building a legacy for your family. You want to change the course of trajectory of what your family has had. First person to go to college, you want to achieve. You want to be a good steward of your life. But because of that, somehow, sometimes you are more susceptible for uh, over, uh, I think, neglecting uh, relationships. Right. You're more susceptible to thinking that as long I'm going to optimize. And so it takes too much time. It's too much to actually invest and meet up with people. You think efficiency is optimizing life. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, like, wait a minute. You know, anybody who's ever uh, spent time with kids know it's the most inefficient time you can spend. Right. <laughs> you can't be like, hey, you know what, Junior, you know, from 330 to, to, to 415. That's us. Right. It don't work like that, right? And you realize love is like real quality relationships. You, you can't necessarily uh, fit and structure it in that way. So I think particularly I focus because one, I'm a part of it. So I'm not going to speak from a place. I'm on that journey. I'm somebody who, like, seeing the people that I serve, um, you know, day to day and pastorally, you know, spiritual help. They're, they got the, the work down part down. They, they have that. But on the relational piece, they, there's that eerie feeling that many people feel like, I feel like I may not be doing this well <laughs> yeah. and balancing this well. So I, I would start with that to answer your question. Well, again, I, I, I'm going to ask this question a bit tongue in cheek, but, you know, all you said sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what it requires? <laughs> time, right? Yes. Time, time and time, and energy and effort. And there, there's a book I read. I read last year, which I absolutely love. It's called 4,000 Weeks. And basically mm -hmm. it's a book about time. And in how we view time as people. It's a very interesting book. Um, and one of the things he brings up in this book is that, um, you know, we, we think technology saves us time, but it, it doesn't. Because as soon as we, we create something, the dishwasher, we create the dishwasher so we don't have to spend the time washing the dishes. But as soon as you put the dishes in the dishwasher, you have that, that, that free time that you then immediately allocate to something else. So there is no, there is no extra time. There's no free time. So how do we find the time given that, again, we're, we're talking to people who are trying to do their best to be as efficient as possible so that they can, um, they can achieve greatness for, the, for their, the programs they're running, right? The pro programs have an impact. They have a customer. Everyone is doing anything who wants to be successful. You're doing it for someone else, right? And so mm. there is a pull. There's a push between, you know, the, the, me finding the, the energy and effort and time to, to really get this job done, which is going to serve and impact so many people? Or should I spend some time going to dinner with my friends, which is going to only impact those two people possibly? And I know I'm being facetious when I ask this. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. FOMO. Man. It, everybody knows this feeling like the fear of missing out. Like, and I think what makes this time thing uh, very difficult is that I, I, I we, the, a false view of freedom is the idea that there are no constraints, mm. that I could do everything. Mm. And this is what's scary. This has been scary for me. I think as we, by the grace, you know, by grace of God, you know, see another year, right? You know, I just yeah. celebrate another birthday. You realize that like, man, like you have to make choices. Like love is discriminatory. 
<laughs> right? Like oh, love wow. chooses amongst choices. Yeah. And so you actually recognize that if I'm choosing this, yeah. I'm not choosing this. We understand this concept when it comes to spouses. Well, maybe, maybe we're not all because there's, there's some struggle around faithfulness, <laughs> right? You know, but but um, but I if I'm choosing you, part of what makes you choosing your wife so special is that I chose you amongst all the church. You are I'm choosing you amongst others. So I'm saying no yeah. to everyone else. I'm saying yes to you. That yeah. is like life. And the scary thing is like you want to do everything. I think there's always going to be some level of like. I didn't get it all. And that's scary, right? Yeah. To say, yeah. but you're actually choosing to say, I am going to prioritize and I actually have to be comfortable with all that I won't be able to do. And so yeah. part of what I think makes this difficult is actually being com uh, rank, uh, kind of prioritizing it. And I think that's quite frankly, you make time for what's important. The reality is, is that I think to you, even at that example you talked about, if you try to do everything, sometimes you try, you do nothing. And I think what many people struggle with is that unconsciously they're trying to do more, more than they than we have capacity for. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately end up dropping all the ball versus, you know what, my wife, my child, my family. And maybe in this season, there's two or three friends I can go deep with. And then if anything happens, emergency, I show up that when you have social media, when you have I have access to thousands of people. I'm hearing all these updates. I'm trying to keep in contact. I'm trying to make time. Oh, I need to go there. Go to I think there's more information coming in than we're even designed to even manage. You know, I call it like the, it's like I call it like the cheesecake factory effect. <laughs> cheesecake factory effect. <laughs> I know you you're know talking about. You know where I'm going. I know you're going. So there's a empirical part of this, which is research based, and then there's just that this illustration, which is like, you know, when and some people, if you take some people, I'm not going to call out any gender. <laughs> if you take certain beloved ones to the cheesecake factory and they open that menu, it's like yo, like. There's so much, <laughs> like, what am I going to get? Am I going to get the bang, bang shrimp today? Am I going to get the shrimp scampi? You know, like, you don't know because you are over in the day by choices to the extent yeah. that you even struggle to make a choice, which is a choice yeah. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you see this in mating choices. There's enough data around if you open up the choices, people make poor choices or don't make choices at all. Is actually in constraints. So I think, to your point, for it is a struggle. I still struggle to manage time, man, as yeah. much as I will, you know, here's my block. Here's what I do in the morning. I think there's very few people. I think we look to optimize, we get better. But I think the reality is starting from a, a philosophical standpoint, starting from this place yeah. of saying, I can't do everything. Yeah. There is going to be a balance of things that I will not be able to do, places I will not be able to go. However, I'm going to really rank what's important to me and I'm going to choose that. There's, there's no priorities if there's more than one priority, meaning yeah. that then... And so I think that's the I think that's the maturity. That's the difficult reality of life to say, you know what? And I'm saying this as a person who like, man, I've always loved to do multiple things, man. I, 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 I love sports. I love business, man. I, I, I love the, the, the study of God and, and I love community. I love all these things in, in sports. I was like, I did multiple events. That was my event was multiple <laughs> events. Like, you know, like I'm like, man, decathlon, pentathlon, I, I, being good at multiple things. But sometimes with life, with people, yeah. It's very hard to have a quality life without depth. And with depth, there's decisions and trade-offs about where you're going to spend your time and who you're not going to spend your time with. And you have to be okay. You got to be able to sleep at night with that. Yeah. You, you know, I, I love that. You, you, you said so much right there. Um, I, I want to really quickly talk about the, 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 the too many, too many uh, options. <laughs> because there's, there's a lot of research around that. It actually says that if you provide people with too many options, it actually and, and it makes them their ability to select harder. 
So you really shouldn't provide people all these options, but people think they want a lot of options, but they really don't. And actually, it's funny, I just saw a commercial um, the other day um, for a dating app. Specifically, mm-hmm. once you make a connection, it automatically deletes off your phone because so many people think they have a connection, but they keep scrolling and looking and it's always the next best thing they're looking for. So this, this app actually self-deletes so that you've made a decision, you've made a choice, now go for it. You know, actually try it out. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you mentioned, which I actually love because I'm I'm, I'm literally writing my next book right now, which is focused on um, strategic relationship building. I, mm. I, that is so important, not only in life in general, but especially in our careers. Mm. And the, the chapter I was writing on last night was specifically talking about having to prioritize. Um, <laughs> if I got three people in a room, I got I only got so much time, I got to pick someone. And to pick someone doesn't mean that you that you those other people aren't important. It doesn't mean that that they're that they're stupid. Doesn't mean that you hate them. Doesn't mean any of those things. It just means the person that you selected right there had a higher value at that moment. Was more important at that moment. So when I choose to hang out with my wife, it doesn't mean that everyone else I, I didn't choose to hang out. It doesn't mean they're they're they're, they're bad, stupid, not smart, whatever. It just means that I valued the time of my wife right now, more important than I would, honestly, with someone else. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. I, I, mm. so I, I really appreciate that you made that point. Mm. Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble, a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high-qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. Um, you, you look, this conversation is going to go completely off the wires now because you brought up <laughs> things. So I'm going to completely different direction. So <laughs> this is not necessarily your, your area, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so last night my wife and I were driving home and we talked about our reception, um, our, our wedding reception. And I was, you know, making a distinction between we did not have a wedding. We had a reception. So we didn't have like the big, the big um, wedding with the church and things like that. But we did have the event, the party afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling her the difference. I was, you know, her and I were talking about the difference. And I was like, that's what I want for my son. When, when, when we have a child um, and, and their daughter at some point, I want him or her to make a decision on what they want. We mm-hmm. chose to go that route because we're like, we don't want to go into debt. We don't want to go in a whole bunch of debt. So we saved up for a couple of years. Then we had the wedding reception. Um, we actually came out after people make donations to us after our wedding gifts. We came out zero. Like it was actually a net positive. Right. Um, and we decided to use the money we had on getting our first house together. Um, but there are so many societal norms that are pushing us to do certain things. And so um, the, what I want to ask you about is 
you know, how important, how important is intentionality in your life? And, mm. and, and do you, do you take the time to, to, to decide whether you're doing something because you want to do it or because you're choosing to do it, or if you're doing something because this is how society says you should do it and your friends have done it this way and so on and so forth. Mm, mm. Uh, one, I think that's uh, absolutely awesome. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you weren't taxed at 50% because you didn't report that. Uh, <laughs> 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 for people who know, they know. So we, we ain't gonna go, <laughs> he caught that comment. Um, Man, again, I, I won't speak for Mount Zion on this. Um, this is something that um, I desire, right? When I look at the end of my life, I think by virtue of, of the privilege I get to both marry couples as well as to you know, be there to Christian, uh, to, to dedicate children, as well as the, the reality of being there at the end of someone's life and being able to ceremonialize their life. I'm grateful for the privilege I get to do as part of my work here on earth. Um, at the end, sometimes you think about the regrets and the worries and the concerns, and you realize that at the end of the day, you can't control a lot, but what are the things within my con control that I could do? And if I had to look back and do a post-mortem, for lack of a better word, on my life, and I knew that I could control these things, you know, and I could, you know, once I, I'll call my mom on Tuesday, you know, once a month I'll do this, my, my, me and my guys, one, once a year, we go on a guy's trip and we do that no matter what. And if I knew I did all of those things and knew nothing else, I would feel comfortable. And I realized that I said, like, I want to be able to be, look back and say, if I did these things and things didn't necessarily work out, then I'd be, I'd have peace. I'm like, you know what I did? That's reasonable. I was intentional about these things. They're things that I enjoy. I have constraints and this is what I want to do. And I could look back at, at my life and say, you know what? I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I think I've been doing that, especially more in the past five years. Cause the reality for me is I, I used to think I was good at that, right? Let's say being very intentional about time, meaning that I had a whole system. Like every week, I'd write three letters. And that was my, my, my thing. And that was my actually proxy to say, am I out of balance? Yeah. Am I prioritizing what's important? So if I can't sit down and write three letters, think about some interaction this week, somebody I thought about, somebody, and write a handwritten letter and send it off to them, I'm off. Yeah. Then I would always, quarterly, I would send some life update to my email list and different people. And then I would every... Uh, Thursday, Friday, I have a system of like, I'm going to catch up with somebody, you know, the other stuff's for business. Thursday, Friday, maybe new, Thursday's new, new, new opportunity stuff. And then Friday's like friendships, friends, yeah. Friday through the weekend, friends and family. And then this, this beyond the pandemic, it was just like life was hitting in pandemic and I was just off, man. Yeah. And so I would say that there is this, I do think that you have to choose because I think when you look back and you just, if you, I know it's harder, I think Tim Grover, Tim Grover was the, the um, a trainer for uh, Michael, um, Michael Jordan. And then he later trained Kobe. And mm. there was an interview where he said, if you think the cost of success is too high, wait till you get the bill for regret. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be a bystander or a reactor to my life. Yeah. So I'm going to start at the end of the story and move forward as it relates, what's reasonable with my, 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 my parents. So, one thing I think, brothers, I, I, I'm grateful to have, to have a great dad. Yeah. And I'm realizing that at the end of the day, my parents were relatively young. But I'm like, my father's not going to be here forever, man. And so I thought to myself, I was like, I don't want to, what are the things I want to ask? What are the, so then now that's going to require time. And so I'm like, now I'm like, no, I got to, so we made it sense like I'm talking about that every day. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if it's like, I don't care if it's a text. It's a, so because my thing is, if anything happens, I could live with that. Yeah. If 
I know that I was doing these things. So I think if there's a framework that I'm working towards and I'm sitting with for people who are struggling with that, which I think is universal, <laughs> I yeah. think it is if I what are what are the actions that if the worst case happened and I no longer have more time, I could live with that. Mm -hmm. Can mm -hmm. I live with that? You know what? Uh, hey, my daughter and I, we had daddy date night on Thursday and, you know, and we did that. And if something happens, oh, I could live with that. I spent quality time with her. Yeah. So I think I could live with that as a framework that I think most people um, would appreciate. And that's one that I'm working in to incorporate more and more in my life. I mean, you, the fact that you just said, you know, you said, you said daddy, uh, daddy, daughter, you said Thursdays or you know, what, whatever day. I, I met another guy and he does that with his daughter every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, every Wednesday afternoon after school, him and her go somewhere and they do something, whether it's a hike or climbing or, or pizza or something. And I honestly, I, it's so weird. And maybe you can tell me why it feels weird to me. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's so, it felt so weird that I was so impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I was like, I'm like, dude, like, that's so cool. I can't wait to have a kid. I'm going to do that with my child. And, but I, I, I think about that now and I'm like, why is that? Why is that so impressive? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, we go, we probably going down a different road, but it, you know, I think, nah, nah. no, no, please. No, 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 I, think, I, think that's I mean, I, this is me, how about this? But this is me also sitting in that with you. I think to some degree, we, there's also, we, we've consistency is so rare, mm -hmm. you know, reliability is so rare. I mean, that's why it's a value add. We talk about cars being consistent of like, this is for tough. It's like, why is that supposed to be something great? Is it supposed to break down? <laughs> the reason why you could call that as a value proposition is because we know that not all of the vehicles are. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, especially when it comes to human relationship, where, you know, what's the saying? That if you end this life with three good friends, you, you, you ended this life rich. Yeah. So the idea that three people are consistent in your whole lifetime, look about all the people you come across, but mm -hmm. three? So I think even the idea of like one, being comfortable in finding the excitement in the mundane. You do that every third Wednesday. There's that. <laughs> there's the, wow. Like, there's no like, oh, I'm not there. Because again, I think we've normalized to some degree some of a, a flakiness, even yeah. in ourselves and in society. And I think it, it, to the extent that it makes that reliability. And I think the reality also is that many of us, we, we have every, not every relationship is perfect. Like we have, we would love our families, but our, life, our families are not perfect. Not everybody has had people who are supposed to be consistent. Be consistent yeah. for them. And so even when you look at that and you observe that, sometimes it's like, man, like, wow, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and so th that's where I, I, I come across with it. I also think, especially for people who have multiple children, I also admire that there's a buddy that I know does that and he has five kids. I'm like, goodness. Right. Like and but, you know, this dip, but it's different sometimes from one is once a month and, and he takes his son somewhere. And it's because also it's just like your kids are also individuals and not everybody has the same you know, relationship or even experience of home life. And yeah. so the fact that he's been, he invested, get to know his kids individually is just like, I, even though I'm a child, I'm a part of a family that is our father, that is our mother. The fact that I would have my own relationship with them is also yeah. like, I think pretty wild, pretty great. And it's also wildly inefficient, but very, very fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Wildly inefficient, but very, very proof. I like these. You see, over here dropping gems and everything. We went this this route of, of family stuff. Um, but, you know, we started, my wife and I started watching this show called um, The Family, The Parent Test. Um, mm. Very interesting show. We're watching on Hulu right now. I shouldn't say that because they're not sponsoring me. 
Um, FYI, come sponsor. That part. That part. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, But, you know, what was interesting is because all these parents are parenting in these different styles. And all those different styles are based on the style in which they were parented. So if someone was parented like super aggressively and super detailed, then they became a much lax parent. Um, and, and, and so it's just as you're as you're saying that, and what we're we all, I think we also got to remember is what we do not only is impacting that person we do it with, it's impacting the people that person engage with. So when you when you treat your child a certain way. Um, your child will likely then treat their children a certain way or their friends a certain way. And when you treat mm. your coworkers a certain way, then maybe your coworkers will, will treat their coworkers a certain way or they, they, they'll treat their subordinates a certain way. So I think now it just got me thinking again, you know, we think sometimes that, you know, having this, you know, being nice to just to, to Lawrence, yes, one thing, yeah, but not, not going to change the world. I mean, but will it though? <laughs> but yeah man you you touch on something i always talk about man like i said i always want my life to have um eternal and, and intergenerational consequences mm-hmm. right and and so one i think it puts the value of the human life and also the value of every interaction that you may be on a trail of, of nine let's say it takes nine interactions with somebody to convince their, themselves about something yeah. some element of life or some belief that they have but you're the third person who either affirmed or like people are, are are mean, but you're the third person. Your interaction at that cash register was very kind. And so or, you know, you or you, you turn the, the train somewhere or with your kids or just saying, man, like the value of that one or that interact to your point is like you we, to your point. You start to see things beyond yourself in a way that it everything matters. It does matter. Right. And so what I do to my kids, because often, you know, that dynamic. Is is we try to redeem our 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 childhood in our parenthood, and so that's un- unconsciously you try to you come to the other way, you, you know you're doing, and you're not necessarily because it's what's good, but it's like I don't want them to have what I had, and you think that that's what it is, and then you're also throwing them off balance because this is like, <laughs> you know, but but I, I but I love the, the I love the point that you're making around um, that there are there are, there's implications far beyond what I think we see in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. The decision you make. There is a, um, um, a shout out to Dr. Tim Keller out of New York. Uh, he's a, a, a pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Amazing, amazing, amazing um, leader and theologian. And he talks about how, you know, every decision is making you it, there's no there's no decision that's neutral, meaning that every decision to, to, to love makes you more loving and every decision not to love you less loving. like it's like either everything has a stake. Yeah. And so it, whether I am uh, like I'm, I'm I am. I do something poor, or I was very deceitful in that regard. I, I'm 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 growing less like like open or honest, right? So it just actually made me take more stock of decisions I'm making to say. And I look at, look at my decisions. What am I becoming more of? Or and I look at how I treat. How am, how am I impacting that kid for what? So I'm I'm with you on that. You know, I I only we have short time. Kind of you got. I think you got. Don't want to call it TD Jakes or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I always said Kirk Franklin. Um, that man is like getting buff. FYI, I just saw a video of him working out the other night. The guy has these arms that is ridiculous. I need to get like him. Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his arms almost look like yours. So um, there, there are two questions I wanted to throw out there before we get it. Okay. So really quickly, 
Um, we talked about relationship. We talked about the importance of you know being in uh, proximity to people. Um, but can't we just skip that if we um, if we rely on um, humanoids and, and 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 xenobots? And you know, I, I know this is the topic that you've talked about before. Um, there, uh, the, the AI tied to the technology with our robots is getting really good. So there might be a place sometime where we just have a robot companion. Now, everyone, it may sound crazy, but this is a real, this is a real question. Seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I tend to believe that um, as human beings, I don't want to go too, too, too out there. Even though AI is an out there kind of conversation, <laughs> but here it's like I think we, in in all of us, I think we, uh, we desire to kind of recreate ourselves. But you know, it's like it's like I think all of us wants to be like God in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an also part of it which is. I don't start from fear, but I do start with honesty to say that there's some real implications of this. And then it's always behind the why, right? Mm-hmm. Pa- there's nothing wrong with power. It's what you do with power, yes. right? There's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with being wealthy, but how do you think about wealth? What is that mm-hmm. your security? What is your relationship to it? Does it you think you make you better? Like I don't, in, on, in and of, its, in, uh, uh, of itself, the, are what it's about the propensity to air that concerns mm-hmm. me, right? And so when you think about identity theft, you think about dupe. You think about all these things. My thing is saying that I think I don't worry about knives. Knives are the same things that help to, you know, help to provide food and cut food to 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 give life and to and to, to have nourishment, to have energy. But knives also could be very dangerous. I think about AI in the same way mm-hmm. to say, where is our moral compass? Yeah. What are the constraints? Because to be human is to err. To be human is that mm-hmm. there's a propensity for people that are going to have evil intentions as much as they're going to be happy. There are people who are going to have very pure, healthy intentions say, how could this make our uh, humanity better? How could we help uh, medical systems? How could we help uh, create things that actually improve the common good of society? Yeah. But then you have other people that say, this is another tool to do what was already in my own heart. Yeah. And so I don't have a, I think it's exciting, but it also, I think, is something that should Bring us to the drawing board of saying what we really value and where are the eth- what what are the ethical boundaries that we're prepared to put in advance before we see what how lucrative it could be and then use the dollar sign as what makes it good or bad. Uh, it sounds like the three rules um, in uh, iRobot, which they evidently consistently find a way around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last question, which I know every this is on everyone's mind, it's been on my mind. So, uh, and, I, and I need an honest answer from you because this this is going to drive what I do for the rest of 2023. Um, how do I get, how do anyone, but specifically me, how do I get, how do we get into a um, Cadillac commercial? That, that's what I want to figure out. Because, <laughs> I mean, I saw you in Cadillac commercial. Oh, you was looking slick. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> I saw your foot move behind the, the truck and it opened to the back and everything. Oh, you was looking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Shout, out, shout, shout out to the shout out to good people at, 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 at Cadillac. Shout out to the GM folk. Uh, shout out to my sister Alexis. Uh, you know, Kerr. Uh, um, oh, yeah, man. Uh, um, nah, man. Uh, that that I was so grateful for that collaboration with them. Um, they really wanted to do something uh, that uh, kind of talked to community and to our, where we started. Focus on community. And I think that for most people, the fact that we could talk about Cadillac, I think in, in our community in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Cadillac has a very interesting um, connection and a rooting and an association um, with us of classic. And I think I, I want to make it cool to be hospitable. And so I think part of that came in to say, how do we normalize and how do we make cool the, the things that used to be kind of a classic, um, you know, a, a trait of our society, like 
It was the stoop. It was the porch. It was the community. Is that you knew such and such? Like it's like Pearl from two two seven, and you know, you know Mary. You know, like everybody knew each other. That that's classic. That's a classic show. But that was a a classic way of being. Um, and so I, I don't want to draw it. I, I keep it real to say one that was by grace, and I'm thankful for. And I called out the people. So if you got to look them up, <laughs> uh, and and shout out to Juanita Slappy who's there in, in that position now. But um, but also I think there's I think there was also an alignment. And this is what actually I think. This brings up a, a greater point, which is I think I don't want to ever overvalue my own contribution to the outcome of my life. Meaning, yes, I do think that within what I can control, I'm going to work hard. And I think that I do work hard and I, and, and I do my best to work with intention. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's something freeing. I think Paul Brunson talked about a number of leads. Talk about this, when you just are just doing the best you can and trying to add value and you're not really even worried about that. Mm-hmm. That was not something I sought. They came to me. Yeah. And I was doing something that even for many seasons, for a long season of my life, I thought that people didn't really value, even though, and that's scary. Like, I was like, man, I was traveling the world, do this. But it's like, you went to all those schools and God helped you do all this stuff. And now you're going around the world hosting dinners. Like, it seemed it, like in that moment, as crazy as that sounds, I know people can relate to this. Yeah. Everybody's looking at you and saying, wow, that is amazing. And you're in the middle of it saying, man, is, am I doing enough? Yeah. And then somehow, some way you get some wink moments or those moments of like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm on the right path. Where someone comes along and says, "I see what you're doing, and I would love to work with you." And 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 I and I think that's good to be humble. It, it keeps your, I think, keeps you honest about what you're doing it for. But also, I think sometimes you get the encouragement at the right time. And I think that partnership was also a, a great encouragement in that season of my life. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I greatly appreciate the introduction to Cadillac. Um, what's the call? <laughs> yeah. I, I I I do want to just call out. What you that, that what you just did that last point you made me like I I promise you, and I'm talking to you the listener. Um, there are so many of you. There are so many of you who are doing things that are just freaking exceptional, like just amazing. But you don't know it, right? Everyone else around you, they're watching you. They're in awe. They're they're clapping. They're they're pushing you on, but you don't know it. Um, and so. Like I, I encourage you to 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 take a step back and see yourself as if you weren't you. Look at the contributions you've made. Look at the the value you've provided for the people around you. Um, and if no one steps up to 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 give you a a, 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 a pat on the back, you give yourself a pat on the back mm. because you are you are you are significant. You are important. You are providing value, and and you deserve it. Um, so, look, I, I, again, I don't want to keep TD Jake's, um, um, <laughs> I want to keep him holding. So is, we got to wrap up. Is there any final thoughts, anything you'd like to share with our audience as we begin to wrap up? First, Alex, thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be a guest on, on the show. And I'm just grateful for us and an open door to brotherhood and friendship. And I look forward to many more collaborations in the future. Um, with each other and also having you on my show. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, gotcha. but I, but I would love, um, two things. One. You know, we're in this time. Shout out to uh, Troy and Rashad, uh, Earn Your Leisure podcast and show. And um, I think we're living in a time where because you see what's going on economically, people layoffs, things are happening. People don't have time for fluff anymore, man. Uh, people are like, how do you do it? OK, how, how did you how do you make money? How do you trade? How do you like just tell me how to do it? Don't yeah. send me through a leech at, uh, funnel. Just tell me how to do it. And I think now when you recognize the instability of even your job your health, that in a moment that it could shift. Uh, I think it's it's great that now people are raising their hand, the people who have knowledge to give. And so I think for me, one of those things is I do talk about faith. 
not as a varsity jacket, but more of a life jacket where I didn't, I was a person that didn't grow up in the church. I'm not one of those people who's just like, oh, this is what you do. This is just makes you feel good about yourself. It was like genuinely when people ask me the question of like, when everything in your life seems to be going upside down or your sense of what are the things that you lean upon? And I think for me, even listening to studying that scriptures, that actually changed my life. It gave me a sense of peace, even when things have been like this. And so one thing that was a great project I'm excited about, I spent the month of December in Detroit finishing um, the audiobook of the Bible. So I did an audiobook, a full audiobook, the NIV version of the Bible. It's a language that people could actually understand the words. It's not the king's language. You're like, he talked down, <laughs> right? But you hear so many people, that people I work with, many professionals, high achieving senior executives are kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't know that much, but I just realized that I would want to know more. And I've always had this as this goal, but it's hard, right? Yeah. To, to just do it cover to cover. And so it's, it's a resource. And I would just invite for, for brothers and sisters who are kind of like, you know what? I really want to understand how I think viewing it and listening to it like a movie, I think is a starting point for people. And so if, if I want to say anything, I think one, look out for it. Definitely uh, be able to go head out to my website, uh, laurenceidja.com. Um, or, or hit me up on social media in the link and uh, you'll be able to at least get on the list for that. I want to, that's a gift for people. Uh, number two, uh, a living well. Uh, because of what the past couple of years have shown, because of me losing my cousin at 36 um, and seeing, uh, we realize that we're more intentional about, in, about relationships and death than we are in life. When we have a will, we write out, this person, I want this person to do this. This person says this at my repast. This person gets my assets. But do people in your life really know what to do when crisis happens in your life? Does everybody have the same expectations of like, I want you to show up to the hospital? Hey, could I need you to take care, make sure my wife is good while I do this. I need you to yeah. handle the emails. So there's a movement that, that I've been, that I've been, been, been groundswelling called a living well, um, where it's essentially outlining those, those cases of that. Again, be able to head to the website and be able to give you just the temple of that that I use, where my boys, we all know how we're gonna look out for each other when things hit the fan. And I think that that would be a blessing for everybody to have insurance around living and having relationship expectations. So those are two things I want to offer as gives. But beyond that, man, I just I just pray that people have good community, invest in relationships. The quality of your life is going to be dependent on the quality of your relationships, not your achievements. And so I pray for that for you all. Oh, my goodness. Look, we couldn't end on a better note. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I appreciate everything that you shared today, All every single story, every single word of, of inspiration, of advice. <sighs> Everyone, I know your cup runneth over. So you know where I'm about to go with this. Don't just look back, reach back. If you found anything of value in today's conversation, don't keep it to yourself. Don't say that other person over there should have been here. They should have been listening. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that guy, that gal. Bring this information to them. Click share, click like, share the link. Find a way to make sure that they hear this episode because if it's set on your heart a particular way and, and it's changing how you think about life and think about yourself and how you're going to progress, I can promise you're going to do the same to you, someone else who's who's a, a friend or a loved one of you. So just, just please, everyone stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay focused on family. I, I love mm. what we're talking about, family and community here. Mm.
Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.